You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Give it to me, I'm worth it. Welcome in. It is overtime on 106.7 The Fan. Toby Altizer with you here until 10 o'clock, and we got plenty to talk about. You want to hop in at any point? MGM National Harbor listener lines are open, 800-636-1067. Just me and you guys tonight, so feel free to call in at any point. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. We're going to get into plenty of quarterback discussion tonight, because as I was driving in, listening to Grant and Danny, listen to, to Danny talk with some of you about quarterbacks, specifically Drake May. Sounds like some of you don't like him as a prospect, so we're going to rank some of the prospects that have come out in the NFL draft since the 2020 draft. We'll do that coming up in just a little bit, as well as looking at an article that Nate Tice of Yahoo and The Athletic put out talking about Jaden Daniels, some of the concerns there. And there was also a a cool video that Drake May put out with, I believe, Underdog Fantasy. So that was cool. We'll talk about that coming up. Also talk about the NFLPA poll and looking at the draft outside of the number two pick, which we're going to spend extensive time talking about. But what would you want outside of that pick? So we're going to talk plenty of Commanders football, but we got to start on the Diamonds. Plenty to be excited about with the Washington Nationals. Again, you want to hop in, 800-636-1067. The MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. Danny asked me when I got into the studios, he was asking me about James Wood. And this is a guy that just looking at him so far, he's 7 for 14 with six runs scored, three homers, five RBIs, Three walks, only two strikeouts. That's a 500 batting average, an 1143 slug. He's got a 1700 plus OPS. I mean, he is just tearing it up through six games. And we don't want to overreact. We understand it's it's spring training. It doesn't always come off of major league pitchers, but today's home run did. Kyle Gibson was pitching today for the St. Louis Cardinals. And Lane Thomas went deep to start the game, which was awesome. And we've seen Lane Thomas do that before, so that was awesome to see. And then James Wood did the same thing and just bombed one to center field. And you're like, man, is this guy going to make the roster on opening day? Because it felt like to me when we looked at it, there were some positions that were open. Like second base I thought was open. I don't know that there's a a certain person that's nailed down in center field. But you look around the diamond, like 
there's some spots in the rotation that might be open, but in terms of position players, like Cabert Ruiz is your starting catcher on opening day. First base, it's going to go between Joey Gallo and Joey Manessis. Those guys are going to kind of alternate there. Third base is going to be Nick Senzel. Second base, like we said, is is kind of open. Shortstop is C.J. Abrams. Right field is Lane Thomas. Left field, it's probably going to be Joey Gallo. So Manessis at first, Joey Gallo there. Maybe you want a DH. So maybe it's a Stone Garrett when he comes back, or you know maybe it's an Alex Call. But you look at the young guys, and you think in center field, maybe it's a Jacob Young, or maybe it's, you know, a, a Victor Robles. How could it not be James Wood? <laughs> how could it not be James Wood, how things are going right now? And again, we're not going to freak out. This is something that we haven't even turned the calendar to March yet, which is crazy because we haven't turned the calendar to March yet, and James Wood has already sent three over the wall. <laughs> He's already bombed three home runs. This is a guy that it's not just us talking about it. It's all of baseball. You just go on MLB's feeds on Twitter or wherever you are looking for your social media. They're sharing clips of James Wood hitting towering home runs. This is a guy that is beloved around baseball already. This is a guy that people are keeping an eye out for, and he's wearing the curly W and something notable today, something very notable today. Like I said, right field's kind of nailed down with Lane Thomas. Left field, maybe it's going to be more of Joey Gallo so Manessis can play first base, and you kind of figure out the DH from there. But it seems like center field's kind of open. Is it going to be a Jacob Young? Is it going to be a Victor Robles? You would assume it's just going to be Victor Robles, or maybe they just roll with Young because of what he did down the stretch last year. But it kind of seemed like the outfield was there, but if there was a spot that was going to be open, it's going to be center field. And you're like, okay, when you've seen early in spring where they've who they've tried it out in center field. It's been Dylan Cruz to get him time, you know, get get him accustomed to playing out there because that's probably going to be his long-term position when he gets to the bigs. So, okay, Victor Robles has been out there. They've they've put Alex Call and those guys out there. They've put Jacob Young out there. Not today. The guy starting in center field today was James Wood. James Wood is generally played in the corners, specifically right field. This is a guy that long-term, you don't necessarily want him in center field because of how tall he is, because of how big he is. You don't want the extra wear and tear that you have to have if you're a center fielder versus a corner outfielder. So you're generally going to want to stick him in a corner. But they put him in center field today because I wonder if Davey and Mike Rizzo are looking at what he's doing and thinking, you know what? If he keeps hitting like this, we can't send him down to the minors and not have him on the team when we break camp. There's no way... We can't have this guy because, one, it's not right for the fans, and it's not right for the ball club. If this guy is your best option in center field, then play him there because we've talked about this team, and they need to take that next step. And that next step is going to be from guys like CJ. That guy next step is going to be from Gore, from Gray, from Cabert Ruiz, from some of the young guys, from even Elaine Thomas, who's more of a veteran. But that next step is getting the guys in the big leagues. That next step is getting James Wood to take professional at-bats at the major league level. And if he can do that right away from opening day, then why not? And the most encouraging part of all of this, yes, it's the three home runs. Yes, it's the five RBIs. Yes, it's the seven hits out of 14 at-bats. The most encouraging part, honestly, has been he's gone to the plate now 17 times, and he's only struck out twice. This is a guy who's huge. He's listed at 6'6". I think he's maybe even a little bit taller than that. Sometimes you see 6'7". Sometimes you see 6'6". Either way, he might not be done growing, honestly. 
He might finish at 6'8 by the time. But either way, 6'6, 6'7, somewhere around there, you got a big strike zone. That's not your average-looking outfielder when he comes up to the plate. That dude is huge up there, and he's not striking out this spring. He's not. That's something that was a problem last year, and I think towards the end of the year, you started to wonder if maybe there was a, a hole in the approach or there was a hole in the swing or there was something that was going on that was kind of throwing stuff off because, I mean, we talked about it all the time here on the station when we talk about the Nationals. If you listen to Bustin' Loose Baseball with Grant Paulson and I, we talked about James Wood extensively throughout the year. This is a guy that just hits towering home runs and is a fantastic baseball player that you don't like to throw labels on guys that are too high, that are too lofty. You don't like to do that because then you set too high of expectations on people. But this is an MVP caliber player, honestly. If he reaches his full potential, this is an MVP caliber player. Not just an all-star, not a guy that just hits 280 and uh, you know 25 bombs and gets into the all-star games, a fun player. No, this is a franchise cornerstone type of player that is not just a fun guy to have in the clubhouse, but a real difference maker. And you know them. You've seen them here in D.C. before. You've seen a Bryce Harper. You've seen a Steven Strasburg. You've seen a Max Scherzer. You've seen a Rendon. You've seen a Juan Soto. You've seen those guys before. He's his own unique thing. James Wood is his own unique thing because Harper looks like a baseball player. Soto, he looks like a baseball player. Scherzer, he looks like a pitcher. Strauss looks like a pitcher. James Wood looks like a small forward in the NBA. <laughs> he looks like he could step foot on the floor right now, throw in a shooting sleeve, throw in a Wizards jersey, and give you 15-8. That's what he looks like. And he moves around like it in the outfield because that's the thing. You look at it, you see, all right, well, this guy is huge. He's listed at 6'6". He's listed at 6'6", 234 on MLB.com. So you're like, all right, 6'6", 234, maybe even like an NFL tight end. You're like, well, he probably isn't that agile. He, he's someone that can hit for power, but... No, this guy is fluid as an athlete, and I think you saw it the other day. This guy hit a routine ground ball to the left side of the infield, and the infielder did his best to get it out of there as quickly as possible. Still wasn't close. James Wood was already down the line, single. Those sorts of things, there's not tons of guys that can do it, especially at that size. Because guess what? You're 6'6", 234, you're going to run into a few home runs, and they're going to be very impressive. <laughs> they're not going to be little dinkers over the wall. Think of what you see with Aaron Judge. It can be the other way at Yankee Stadium. Even though it's a short porch, it's still an impressive blast when Aaron Judge hits the baseball. And just imagine when he turns on one. When Aaron Judge hits the baseball, you know it. Because that thing is long gone. He doesn't have to swing hard. Jordan Alvarez. I think Vic, our guy, Slick Vic Ferreira, who runs the, the board for Charlie and Dave when games are here on the fan. He was saying that James Wood's swing... Reminds him a little bit of Jordan Alvarez. And I think if you look at it, it is similar in some ways. The in my opinion, but when you just look at the ease of the swing, with putting the bat on the ball and letting your size and your ability do all the difference there, you see it. And Jordan is one of the most feared hitters in all of Major League Baseball. And you're seeing some of that in James Wood. Because this is a guy that doesn't have to swing out of his shoes. And when you watch him, watch him he's not really swinging out of his shoes. This is a guy that you got to be really excited about because the strikeouts that started to pop up last year, you would think when you just you just think in your mind, 6'6 guy coming up to the plate, he's striking out some, he's got some issues. You know what? He's probably flailing at stuff. Or he just he, he can't put the bat on the ball. It's just too big of a strike. So he probably just doesn't have good plate discipline or a good eye. And that's honestly the opposite. 
if you've watched this guy at all, he's got a great eye. If anything, I've been asking him to be a little more aggressive because sometimes you get that OO pitch right down the middle and he's kind of just wanted to, to see one in there, right? You think of Zim back in the day. You just kind of take that first pitch. And what happens when you're that big, it is a bigger strike zone, and all of a sudden, you know, maybe an umpire gives an iffy call for strike three and a full count, and you get rung up. Sometimes you just got to be more aggressive and take the pitches and swing at them that you think you can do some damage with early in the count. I think you're seeing some of that from James Wood. His first swing, his first pitch that he saw all spring was a bomb to right field against the Astros. He's already had three home runs in spring training. And so, you know, again, we're spending, what, 15 minutes on it here? I don't want to see, seem like we're overreacting to this, but this is the future of the Washington Nationals. A guy, James Wood. A Dylan Cruz. C.J. Abrams already at the big league level. Brady House. Yohandi Morales. Trey Lipscomb. These guys are the future of the Washington Nationals. And they're performing. They're performing. You know how different that is from what we've seen in every other Nationals prospect for basically as long as I can remember, aside from the the Juan Sotos of the world and the Bryce Harpers of the world? Think about Carter Keyboom. What's he become? I like Carter. Didn't work out. Think about Victor Robles. He was fun. He was a guy that was talked about in trade rumors, and the Nationals were like, sorry, dude, you can give us your best player. We're still keeping Victor. Those guys haven't panned out. So I'm not saying these guys are all going to turn into all-stars, MVP caliber players, but they're showing at the major league level in spring training, and they're the future of the team. And just imagine if it works out. You know, I saw a quote from The Athletic talking with Juan Soto the other day, and he basically said he didn't he didn't really want to leave Washington. And you know what? Kind of sucks seeing that because, Donald, I hate saying this. I really hate saying this. But Soto kind of looks good in Yankee pinstripes. <laughs> he he, he kind of looks good in those Yankee pinstripes. Doesn't it really just fit? Yeah, I, I cringed a little when you said that, but he does, man. I, I can't lie. But, uh, yeah, to your point, to hear a quote like that after the fact, it does hurt. And it hurts a lot because Juan Soto... You know, you can justify it with talking about the guys, which we will hear in just a second. But Juan Soto is like a Hall of Famer at 26 years old. <laughs> That's how good he is. So it's it's still difficult to see him in another uniform. But you know what makes it a little easier? Seeing James Wood retweeted all around Major League Baseball hitting three home runs already in spring training. Seeing C.J. Abrams steal 47 bags last year. Seeing Mackenzie Gore talked about as a legitimate ace-type potential. Seeing Robert Hassel recapture some of that top prospect magic that he once had. Those sorts of things give you hope. It sucks that he's gone, but guess what? You wouldn't have had any of those dudes if it weren't for Juan Soto. But just looking through, because Danny asked me the question, he said, I want to hear with your heart, not your head, just your heart. What are the chances that James Wood's on the opening day roster? Heart says about 70%. With the head, maybe it fills in the rest of it about 30%, because I still feel like they want to start him in either double or triple A and just continue having him go along and call him up in June, July, August time frame. I kind of think that's what they want to do. I think because of how well he's performed so far, they're having to change some of this. And there's incentive to do so. In case you didn't know, there's now incentive to do so. Before, service time manipulation, you know, all the stuff with like a Harper or a Chris Bryant. If you wait for X date, it doesn't count as a service year, so you end up with an extra year. Major League Baseball has put in something so that if you leave a guy on your opening day roster, you bring him up and he starts opening day for you, 
and he ends up winning Rookie of the Year, you get a pick for it. You get a compensation pick for it right at the end of the first round. The Mariners had it the other day, or, or this past year, with Julio Rodriguez. So, for the Nationals, James Wood is a Rookie of the Year type candidate. That's the kind of player he is. He does everything. He can steal bags. He plays great defense. He's got power. He's got everything you want in that type of package. Maybe you leave him on the opening day roster and see what happens. Because the other option is this. If you bring him up opening day, he plays, eh, he struggles a little bit, you can still send him back down. It's not as if as soon as he comes up, it it can't work. And I know some people are going to say, well, it's demoralizing. Jordan Walker had the same sort of thing happen with the Cardinals, and I don't know that it's an ideal situation. It's not the best. You know, ideally, when you call them up, they stay up. But there are options there. So I think it's something that they're starting to consider. I think you noticed that by him playing center field today. But let's just look through some of the other things. Because here's the thing. You look at James Wood. He's obviously been fantastic. He's been kind of the talk of spring training so far, and rightfully so. But it seems like all the young guys are doing well. (laughs) I'm almost getting to the point, Donald, where it's like, I like Lane Thomas. Maybe he can stay. The rest of these guys, I got no attachment to you. Let's just call up all the young guys and say, screw it. It, They might not win, you know, 80 games because they're maybe not a season. They might have extended slumps. But, man, give me a look at the young guys because they're showing out. So just looking at some of the guys so far. Trey Lipscomb, someone known more for his defense. 13 at-bats. He's got a double, four hits, a 308 batting average, 742 OPS. That's more than respectable. Lane Thomas has played well as a regular. Jacob Young in 10 at-bats is batting 500 as a double. Dylan Cruz has struggled a bit. He's only batting 222. They'd like to see him continue to get better. But, again, it's not the big deal. Like We wouldn't be that disgusted by it if it were not for everyone else seemingly doing so well. Robert Hassel, he seemed like he's figured things out. He's walked twice. He's five for his first nine, 556 batting average. Brady House, he struck out today. He struggled a little bit, but three for nine. I mean, these guys are showing out well. And again, it's a small sample size. They're not always facing major league pitchers. It is my, you know, it's it's spring training. They might be facing a an arm that's in double A. So we're not going to too much overreact to this. But you know what I'd rather see? I'd rather see all these guys showing out than all of them striking out every time they come up to the plate. I'd rather be given the opportunity to overreact and be excited about this baseball team than to say, well, they screwed up again. And that's what's so encouraging for the Nationals. The farm system has not been good for years because of how aggressive they were during their stretch, during their window. Mike Rizzo, I think, did a good job of putting together championship-level teams year after year after year, and in turn, it kind of smoked the farm system. Now, he also contributed to it by not drafting particularly well. <laughs> like, like you look at the Dodgers, they smoke their farm system too at times, and yet they've still got studs on studs on studs there. And that's because they hit on their draft picks and develop well. Nationals haven't done that. But this past year, looking better. You look at the guys. Dylan Cruz, we've talked plenty about him. Got plenty of potential. Yoani Morales, looks like a guy that can play third base well. Tons of power. We'll see with Travis Sikora, young pitcher, big boy. From the right side, excited to see him. Andrew Pinckney, kind of a throwaway that people weren't excited about. He looks like he's playing well in the outfield. So it looks like they're starting to head in the right direction. And it's all about the development and drafting well from here on out. But at least we see things are going in the right direction. And let me tell you, if you're a Nationals fan, there's no reason to temper expectations. I know some people are going to say, well, no, no. No. What's, What's the point? James Wood has three home runs 
and his first 14 at-bats in spring training, and he's looking like a top-five prospect in all of baseball. Why should you temper expectations? And he's not even your top-ranked prospect, by the way. Dylan Cruz is that guy, and he still hasn't gotten to the point where the game slowed down for him yet fully. And he's putting good wood on the ball, so it's not like he's flailing around looking bad in spring training. And Brady House has already hit a bomb of a home run, and he's a young guy that's going to be here soon. There's a lot to be excited if you're a Nationals fan. A lot to be excited about. So don't listen to people if they're like, well, that's... It's not going to be long until this team is hopefully competing for something other than getting to 500 again. And the guys look like they're going to be a lot of fun to watch. So if you get a chance, check out some spring training games, whether it's here on the fan, whether you're watching it or listening on nationals.com. Plenty of excitement for this national season. And obviously, once the season kicks off, make sure you listen to Charlie and Dave here on 106.7 The Fan. Plenty of fun things coming up this year. Who knows if they'll make the opening day roster, but there are going to be some young guys on the roster at some point this year to check out. So it's going to be a fun year for the Nationals for that reason. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the report we got today from Adam Schefter. We got some clarifications from, but from some other reporters. But Josh Harris was sitting in some meetings with the quarterbacks. What do you make of that? 800-636-1067. You can call in on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. We'll talk about Josh Harris sitting in on the QB meetings next. You're on the fan. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. for time on the fan. Toby Altizer with you here for the next three hours. Taking you up till 10 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to CBS Sports Radio and my guy, Bart Winkler. Adam Schefter tweeted out this morning at 7.02 something about Josh Harris. And it immediately made all the rounds on Twitter. People saying, is it a red flag? Plenty of discussion. So we'll get to that in just a second. Feel free to chime in if you'd like, 800-636-1067 on the MGM National Harbor listener lines. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. So Adam Schefter wakes up this morning, tweets this out, and I'll read it for you. He says, attending his first combine as the Washington Commander's owner, Josh Harris has sat in and taken part of each of the six interviews that the team has conducted with the top quarterback prospects in this draft. Most owners don't attend the Combine. Harris is not only in 
in Indianapolis, but a part of the quarterback interview process. So immediately, you get, oh no, this guy's in the interviews, he's asking the questions, he's intervening, he's going to make the decision at quarterback, we just got away from that, and it's going to happen again. And people freaked out this morning. I don't know, did you see this before any of the context popped up, Donald? Did you see it? Like, you know, plenty of people threw this out there. What what was your initial thoughts, at least? Yeah, I, I did see it. Um, I kind of had mixed reactions. Part of me, half of me was kind of like the, uh-oh, is he getting too involved? But then the other half of me did like that he is showing involvement and showing care, and especially with the position we're in, having the second overall pick and, you know, the choice we have to make to possibly draft that franchise guy. You know, hopefully, someone who can set your, you know, set you up for the next yeah. X amount of years. I do want my owner to to be kind of somewhat involved with that decision. Obviously, I want the football guys to do their thing from an X's and O standpoint, but I, I do like that he's showing interest. So, and did there. you did you initially think, oh no, Dan Snyder, like he's going to pick the quarterback, or did you just think he's just involved? No, I, I was thinking it was more of just the involved, not okay. that he's taken over. Yeah, and that's kind of what I thought. So, I know a lot of people were immediately like. This is a bad idea. This is a red flag for an owner. I don't want him a part of these things. And this is before we saw some of the clarification because later on in the day, about 1041, Sam Fortier tweeted something out. So what, 702 to 1041. So we had about three and a half hours to let all of the wildness go on on Twitter, which there was plenty this morning when I woke up and saw all the stuff that was going around. And rightfully so. I mean, this is a team that has had an owner that was overbearing and way too involved in the football operations. So I think a lot of people were worried, like, I thought we just got out of this. I, I don't want to be in this situation again. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post kind of clarified, saying Josh Harris sat in on six quarterback interviews at the Combine, source confirmed, but I'm told he was there to observe rather than ask questions. The meetings were led by General Manager Adam Peters and included Coach Dan Quinn, Assistant GM Lance Newmark, and others. So I have no issue with this. If he wants to sit in on the meetings, that's absolutely fine. And I don't care what the precedent is, honestly. You know, Adam Schefter basically says in his tweet, owners usually aren't here, but Josh Harris is, and he's hanging out with the guys as they interview the quarterbacks. I don't really care. If he's just sitting in the room, it doesn't affect anything. It'd be like if we had someone here just sitting in the studio watching me do a show. It's not affecting anything that I do. For all you know, there could be someone in the studio watching me do the show right now. There isn't. But it, it doesn't affect anything, right? Like, they're they're there, but they're just observing. What's wrong with that? I mean, this guy just spent $6 billion, along with other people, $6 billion to buy something. I don't think there's anything wrong with him being around and just seeing what's going on. Just to play devil's advocate a little bit, do you think he could potentially, Josh Harris that is, can potentially start off being in that I'm just kind of watching, observing? Do you think there's any potential for him to kind of overstep that bound maybe based on what he sees and it's like, okay, I need to say more, do more? Do you think there's that potential there possibly? So here's where I think that's a good point. But I think we're in the clear. Because... If Josh Harris were a first-time owner in professional sports, we'd have no track record to go off of. We'd have nothing to learn from. We'd say, oh, great. He's sitting in the interviews, like you said. He might be just sitting there for now, but say five years from now, he goes, you know, I really like this guy. Guys, we should do that if this quarterback doesn't work out. 
So I would be a little worried if it were the case that we didn't have a track record. But John Kime had an article he put out. I don't remember the, the exact timeline, but he put an article out sometime, I think, back in September maybe. He said, quote, this is from Josh Harris, I'm in the draft room in the NBA and would expect to be in the draft room in the NFL. You want to understand the process. You're not picking players. When we went to 53s during the player cuts, I asked to be briefed on some of the harder decisions, but I didn't want to be in the room because I don't want the process to be altered. So he's there to observe and just see what's going on. And frankly, I don't think it's a bad idea because he can also see if there's dysfunction in the organization. Now, not necessarily in a meeting room with a quarterback, right? You're not going to have like Adam Peters saying something and Newmark goes, Adam, what are you talking about? And some scout being like, yeah, Adam, idiot, what are you talking about? Like, you're not going to have that kind of dysfunction. But if you're in a draft room, say, right, something like that, and you just see like this guy's like, no, bad pick. And you just, you know, I've never been in a draft room. I don't think anyone that's listening probably has been in a draft room. But you understand in a business if there's a meeting going on or something, you can see if there's some dysfunction there. You can see if there's a little tension. There's nothing wrong with your boss being in the room. If you can still do your job and you're all in good terms, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not like he's stepping up there and saying, it's got to be Caleb Williams. It's got to be Drake May. He's not doing any of that. He's just sitting there watching. And he's saying, hey, so what's, you know, occasionally maybe, not not when the quarterback prospect's in the room, but they say, Hey, so what What do you like about this guy? Nothing wrong with asking that question. He's not saying you should draft this guy. He's not saying you shouldn't draft this guy. They're in the draft room. You say, hey, we're feeling so-and-so in the second round. Yeah, what do you like about that as opposed to, you know, say this position? Just asking questions, just being a part of it. Think about this, all right? This is a guy that grew up in the area, right? For all we know, from everything we've heard from him, he grew up a Redskins fan, correct? Just like all of us. How cool would it be if you were able to get the amount of money that you could buy the franchise and you do one day and you say, I can sit in on the quarterback meetings at the NFL Combine? I'm not making the picks. I get to be there? That's what's so cool about our jobs, Donald. We get access that fans don't get. That's what's so cool. You know, when the Nationals come back, I'm going to be at Nationals games. I'm going to be in the clubhouse. I'll be down on the field. That stuff's awesome. I grew up a fan of the Nationals. How cool is that? How cool would it be if you've been a fan of this team your entire life and you get to be a part of this stuff? You get to be there. You get to see what goes on behind the scenes, stuff that we'll never see, stuff that we'll never experience. He gets to do it. And that's not saying that he's going to do this every year. It's his first time being able to do this. He's been an NBA owner. He's been an NHL owner. It sounds like it. He loved the skins growing up. Loved them. Going to RFK. He absolutely loved them. And he's just a child at times, I think, that sees the team he loves, that he now owns, that he gets to be a part of everything. And I think he loves it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I'll have an issue if he picks up the phone and says, Adam, we're taking Caleb Williams. Get it done. I'll have an issue if he says, Adam, in the second round, we're taking so-and-so out of Penn State or so-and-so out of Duke or whatever the case is. I'll have an issue then. He's not meddling in football operations from everything we hear, so I have absolutely no issue. I have no problem if he's sitting in on the meetings. 800-636-1067. The MGM National Harbor listener lines are open. What say you? Josh Harris has been sitting in on the quarterback meetings. He's down at the NFL Combine. You have an issue with it? Give us a call again. 800-636-1067. You can also tweet at me at Toby underscore Altizer. We'll get to your phone calls next. You're on the fan.
Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Overtime on the fan. Toby Altizer with you till 10 o'clock. Adam Schefter tweeted out earlier today, early this morning, around 7 o'clock, that Josh Harris has been sitting in on the quarterback meetings at the Combine. Does that worry you? Is that a red flag? For me, not worried about it at all. Doesn't bother me one bit. If you had to rank it on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being it's a nothing burger, 10 being, oh no, he's Dan Snyder. To me, it's like a 1, 1 1.5, maybe a 2. There's not much there. I don't have any issue with what he's doing because, frankly, you got the top talent evaluator on the market in Adam Peters. The dude wouldn't have come here if he thought that he was going to have interference from the owner. Real quick before we get to the phone calls, Donald, scale of 1 to 10, 10, he's Dan Snyder, 1, there's nothing there. Where are you at? I would say I'm at like a 7 in terms of him not being... Not being there, not not Dan Snyder. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that. So Dan like Snyder. maybe like a three or four. Like it's it's not nothing. Oh, you're saying the higher number is closer to Dan. Is yes. what you're saying. Oh, okay. I was going the other way. So I'm down. Then I'm like a three. Yeah, probably like a three four okay. maybe. Okay. Yeah, I think it's interesting. Where where are you guys at? Eight hundred six three six one zero six seven MGM National Harbor. Listener lines are open. Let's get out to Herschel, who is in White Plains. Herschel, what's going on? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, listen, this is a one, okay? A fat, juicy nothing burger. Exactly. And I'm glad you and I'm glad you said burger. Just imagine yourself um, investing in a fast food franchise. You have no idea how to run a restaurant, so you hire a general manager to go be the boots on the ground and put together a team to to manage this restaurant for you. Well, 
that's what Josh Harris did. He purchased a franchise. He got him a general manager. The general manager then hired head coaches who then hired staff to run the organization for him. All he's doing is extending the interview process that he conducted to put the general manager in place who then put together the staff who was going to run the organization for him. Harris wasn't there to evaluate the talent that's going to be on the field. Harris was there to to evaluate the talent of the people that he put in the position to make the decision to draft whomever they're going to draft. This was an ex, this was an extended interview um, for, for the franchise, for, for the, the signal callers, the play callers, the people that are going to be making these key decisions. And if input is necessary um, in the draft room, I'm quite sure, you know, the GM would ask him what did he thought, what he thought about, you know, specific players or any other question that he, he may have to ask Harris. But Harris wasn't there to interview any, any of the players. Um, it was, it was, it, it's all, it's all internal personnel, an extension of um, what he saw to put the GM in a position in which he put him in from the beginning. Yeah, 100%. I think he just wants to see how Adam Peters does his job as well. He, he just gets to be a part of these things. I think for him, it's more so of something that he gets to do that he thinks is cool than something where he's going to intervene. Yeah, and and, and, and because he's never done it before. So exactly. he, he wants to see how the process plays out. That way, if he's put in the position again, let's say four or five years down the road and um, you know Peters doesn't work out for him, he, he knows – what he should be seeing whenever mm. they go to the to the next draft, you know, what questions Peters asks, maybe he asks a different variety or a different flavor of questions. And then at that point in time, maybe he'll, you know, opine on, hey, look, maybe you ask this particular person, you know, X, Y, and Z, based upon what he heard this time. Without That's- him being here this time, he has no data point. You, you yeah. know, he, he's, he, he's a fly on the wall, man. He don't know what he's looking at. <laughs> Herschel, appreciate the phone call, man. I think that's a good point because let's just play a hypothetical here in Herschel's mind. Let's say what happens is Adam Peters drafts the wrong guy at two, right? It doesn't work out. Five years from now, it's a new general manager. I don't think Josh Harris, from some of the involvement we're seeing, I don't think Josh Harris is going to bring in Bob Myers and Rick Spielman and all these. I think he's going to be able to conduct all this stuff himself. I think he's he realizes that he's kind of new into this but he wants to feel like a veteran in case something happens down the road, right? In case something were to happen, he just wants to kind of understand getting to learn what's going on as an NFL owner. And heck, it's pretty cool what he gets to do. So, yeah, I don't have any issue with what he's doing. Doing. Let's get out to Tony, who is in D.C. Tony, what's going on? How you doing, man? Hey, that was a great call uh, from your last caller, man. I just had two things to say. Uh, I think, for one... People are misconstruing the information that we was given as far as observing him, observing and actually being involved. And do you think that that will make the guys that he hired feel like them to do what? They- Sorry, you cut out there, Tony. What was your question again? Uh, basically, if if he hired, do you do you think the guys that he hired will feel like he's like supervising them? He don't trust them to do what he, yeah, like, what they was hired to do. Yeah, like babysitting them. I don't know that they're gonna feel like that, Tony. Appreciate the phone call. I, I don't think they're going to feel like that because everything that it sounds like with Josh Harris is he's involved, but he's not telling you what to do, right? I I think maybe if you're 
coming into it and you don't understand the kind of guy that Josh Harris, again, we're still all learning who he is. Adam Peters is still learning who he is. But even you know us fans and media are still kind of learning who Josh Harris is. But everything that I've seen, it seems like he likes to be involved. He likes to be there. He likes to be a part of it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's babysitting his new hires or he's trying to be too hands-on. Yeah, totally agree. And I'm sure in the background, Josh has had to have a conversation with those guys too. They know he's going to be there and he's going to sit in. It's not like he's just like surprised and just popping in the meeting. They have no idea he's coming. Obviously, we all know now as fans. So I'm sure those guys are well aware that he's just there. They're going to let him, you know, do. he's going to let them do their jobs and he's just observing. Yeah, and I mean, I'm sure it's, I, maybe maybe it's a bit awkward for the guy. I don't know. But I'm sure it's something where he's talked, like you said, with Adam Peters and Newmark and the guys before. And maybe he even asked them, like, hey, you have an issue if I just sit in on the meetings and just I'm just there? I'm not going to ask any questions, but I'll just I'll just be there. And also, one thing, too, Josh Harris has been an awkward guy. Honestly, like, it's probably better just for, like, press conferences, press conferences and everything if, like, he's already shook the hand of Drake May or Jaden Daniels or Caleb Williams. If they pick one of those guys, honestly, it might be better off. Let's get out to Kevin, who is in Virginia. Kevin, what's going on? Hey, thanks for taking my call. Uh, I'm a longtime listener and a first-time caller. Oh, thanks, Kevin. Uh, I have no problem with him sitting in there and participating passively. Um, certainly his right to do that. And uh, I do have one question, though. When he got in there, did he demand that no one make eye contact with him? <laughs> And refer to him as did, Mr. Harris? <laughs> exactly. If he did, then I'm going from a 1 to a 10, and we're back in uh, Snyderland uh, again. Yeah, I, I don't think that happened, Kevin. I, I didn't see any reporting on that, but uh, maybe we'll have to check in. But I, I'm going to guess that that didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, pleased to hear about that. Thanks. <laughs> Kevin, appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's just there, right? I, I don't. Similar to maybe your boss or just other scenarios, like, he's just kind of there just to observe and there's nothing wrong with that he's letting his general manager his assistant general manager his scouts whoever else is in there he's letting them do their job that's what he hired them for and like we were talking about earlier with donald he brought up a good point like do you think that this maybe is a gateway to turning into an overarching owner a guy that's making too many decisions and theoretically it could but we have a track record of this guy not doing that you know, he went out and hired Daryl Morey to make all his decisions for the Sixers. And from what I understand, he's not saying we've got to go trade for this guy or we've got maybe he gets consulted, right? I mean, maybe the general manager comes in and is like, Hey, what do you think of this? It's gonna, you know, require this from you and maybe require this from you, but I'm thinking we should do this, and he'll be like, You think it's in the best interest of the Sixers? I'll say, Yeah, all right, well then go do it. I think those are the sorts of interactions you'll see. I think the only reason that he might be a part of these quarterback discussions and maybe would give any input, and I think this is just conjecture, I don't know that he is, is if he feels like someone's going to bring a bad image to Washington. Whether it's Caleb Williams, if he has concerns there. I don't know that there are concerns with Drake May or Jaden Daniels. I don't think there's any concerns really with any of the guys with their leadership ability. I, I even think Caleb Williams is fine there. But that would be the only thing. If he said like, hey, and honestly, maybe Adam Peters would ask him about that. Like, they'll go through the interview, and Adam Peters at the end would be like, you think this guy can be a good leader for the franchise? What's your read on him? Because Josh Harris is obviously more experienced than some of those sorts of scenarios. Maybe. And in that case, I don't have an issue. But if Josh Harris is saying, hey, why didn't you throw the corner route here and you threw the flat route? Like, <laughs> I don't want that. I don't want that. Let's get out to Royce, who is in Chantilly. Royce, what's going on? 
Hey, Toby. Thanks for taking my call. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Um, yeah, just, I mean, it's literally being blown out of proportion. It's literally nothing. It's just Adam Schefter did it on purpose, I think, just to start a, start something and just to get his name talking. I mean, it's literally nothing. He's just probably going there for the experience and just to kind of see what it's like, just to see what the whole process is like. I guarantee you he will not be back next year. But he just he pays. It's like those people that win contests. You know, it's like all expenses paid trip. You know, you get to go see everything. <laughs> That's what it was. He literally just go. He paid six billion for it. He bought his childhood team, so I guess he did. But yeah, he's just going there to get the experience, just to kind of see what it's like. And like I said, I guarantee you he won't be back next year. He's just there to observe, just to see what's going on. And honestly, as soon as he interferes, is I mean, I'm sure we'll get a pretty big leak and pretty big story about that as soon as he does. So um, yeah, no, he's. He's just there. He's just chilling. He's just seeing his, seeing how it's all done, and that's pretty much it. I mean, I would, I'm just more interested to see how Adam Peters. Like, granted, yeah, we're probably gonna get the the quarterback with the second pick and Jane Daniels, hopefully. But I'm just excited to see how they do from second round all the way to the end of the draft and how they draft deep within. You know, we never had that. I mean, Cam Curl probably is the only good example, but I just want to see how Adam Peters hits on those late yeah. mid round picks. So yeah, that's thanks for taking my call, man. Appreciate it. Appreciate it, Royce. Yeah, I mean, I think he's just. Hanging out. There's nothing wrong with that. And the other thing, too, he brings up a good point. This is his first time for the Combine. And lots of people get together for the Combine. Basically, the entire NFL gets together in Indianapolis for the Combine. Maybe not always the owners. But if he wants to show up because it's his first experience as an owner with the NFL Combine, what's the problem with it? You know, if he just wants to see, like, hey, what's this all about? I've never been. I want to see what all this craze in Indianapolis is about. I want to see what all these reporters talk about with this shrimp cocktail. I want to see what's... All this extra stuff he can be a part of, and there's no issue with it. He's not just – I don't think this is going to be a scenario where draft night comes and the the Washington's on the clock at number two and Josh Harris is on his yacht somewhere and calls in and says, the pick is Jaden Daniels. I don't think that's going to be the case. He might even have a little say in terms of like, hey, I like this guy as a leader more. I like He might have some say, and in that case – as long as Adam Peters and him are working together and collaborative and he's not overruling Adam Peters on his decision, I don't really care. Like, let Adam Peters do his job. If Adam Peters comes up and asks a question of Josh Harris, that's fine with me. I don't mind whatsoever. But let Peters do his job. And from everything that we're reading here, especially you read on the, the 40A report, he's just kind of there. And he's letting Adam Peters run the meeting. He's letting Dan Quinn run the meeting. And... He's just there to observe and see what it's all about, and there's no problem with that. Let's get out to Jim, who is in Tyson's. Jim, what's going on? Hey, Toby. I really like your show and your analysis. I, I listen to you often. Appreciate it, Jim. Now, I'm going to break off from the squadron a little bit and, and maybe challenge you a little bit on a couple of things that have been said. Sure. One, I've heard a lot from folks on just driving home about, oh, this is great. He never was a member of a fraternity. Now is his chance to rush a fraternity. He actually owns the fraternity. He gets to see Ritual all those types of things. He's got other two, he's got two other teams. He he's been an owner for many years. Well, real quick, Jim. You, know, you you know, you know as well as I do. The NBA is one thing, the NFL is another thing entirely. Uh, no, no, but what I'm saying is the argument that this is something he wants to get kind of like learn about and how the process. I'm not talking about the excitement. We all know that being an NFL owner is the preeminent owner in sports other than in European owning a soccer team. Sure. But I, I'm, I, I'm, it's very curious to me because, one, like I said, he's had plenty of experiences. He's worth billions of dollars. Um, I don't think it's a good thing personally because I think there's all different ways to look at it. One, 
there are those folks who will look at this and say, you know, this puts pressure on Peters, this puts pressure on Quinn, pressure they don't need because they're totally pros. Secondly, if this had been Dan Snyder or another owner, this would be there was not one caller who would be calling in saying this was okay. I think, you know, and people were like, well, he's the new owner. We've got to give him the benefit of the doubt. We've got to let him prove that he's, you know, got everybody's best interest. I don't see anything good about it. I don't buy into the argument that this was his chance to, to see how it works. I think he really could have just let this thing occur and, and collaborated with his team. People who run billion-dollar companies in his position, they don't sit in meetings like this. I can tell you that. I know that. So the bottom line is it's the CEO delegates to the top people, and, and they're the ones who report back very closely and carefully to them. Jim, appreciate the phone call. So here's the one thing I'll push back with on that. And we talked about him needing to maybe learn some of the things so that he can end up hiring dudes on his own down the line there. But I, I just don't think that he's there to make the decision. And the other thing, too, is he hired Adam Peters. You might feel like there's extra pressure involved with this, frankly, unless Josh Harris is the one calling the shots, which all reports are saying that's not going to happen here. All the pressure's on Peters regardless. He's got to get the pick right. I, I don't think that your boss sitting there right next to you is going to add any extra pressure. You might feel it. Guess what happens? If Josh Harris is sitting there or Josh Harris isn't, and you draft Drake May and he sucks, you're probably getting fired. <laughs> right? Like, in five years, if you don't fix everything else, like... The pressure's on regardless. You don't think Adam Peters knows that? You don't think he looks at it and says, man, I've got to get this pick right. I can't have a Trey Lance situation. And if I do, I better have a Brock Purdy situation that I get figured out real quick. You don't think he knows that there's extra pressure because of the fact that he's got a quarterback to pick at number two and he's got to get it right? I don't know that it really matters who's sitting in the room, whether it's Josh Harris or anyone else. And honestly, you might feel better because if you feel like, yeah, we went through all the process... Yeah, we, we felt like he was going to be a good leader. And you were there, Josh. You you saw, right? And you can maybe, I don't know. I, I don't feel like him being in the room adds any extra pressure. I just don't. I can understand his points, and I think that they are good points and valid. And you're, you know, you're entitled to your own opinion. If you don't like that he's there, that's fine. I don't think this is a Snyder situation, though. I don't, I don't know that there's anything to freak out with here. Let's take a break. When we come back, I want to talk about the quarterbacks. Because... We heard from Dan Quinn on the Sports Junkies yesterday talking about the different quarterbacks and different players and word association. We'll play that clip for you coming up. But also, they played that clip on Grant and Danny, and Danny asked some of the fans to call in and talk about it, and it seems like people think Drake May is some jag. <laughs> I don't quite understand it. So we're going to rank some quarterback prospects next here on The Fan. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Overtime on the fan, Toby Altizer with you till 10 o'clock. Then we'll turn it over to my guy, Bart Winkler, in CBS Sports Radio. Right now, we're talking about quarterbacks. So last night, not last night, yesterday, early in the morning. To me, that's like last night. I stay up way too late. So maybe it's like last night. <laughs> but Dan Quinn joined the Junkies. And I think it's a good exercise. JP leading the way. They were talking with Dan Quinn about various people, and they played a word association game, and they asked him just one word, maybe two words, just word association with some of the top quarterbacks in the class. Here's that exchange with Dan Quinn and the Junks. Coach Quinn, first let me say we really appreciate all the time you're giving us. <laughs> Thank I wanted you. to see if you're willing to do a quick word association with us, okay? So just first things that pop into your head when I give it, and you don't have to go long on them. Uh, Terry McLaurin. Explosive. Jonathan Allen. Dominant. Sam Howell. Tough. Drake May. Athletic. Caleb Williams. DC. <laughs> there you it's go. Jaden Daniels. Game changer. Oh, I like that answer. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> So naturally, that clip made the rounds, and not even just a clip, but just a tweet, made the rounds, and everyone said, oh, Dan Quinn's showing his cards. They're going with Jaden Daniels. You Do you get that? I, I don't know that I – I think he's just saying words. I, I don't know that there's much to be made of it, but it is interesting. He says, game changer. The other is he says, DC and athletic. Is he Is he trying to hide it with the other guys and – like we can overthink this. It's clear that he was a little bit thoughtful in the words that he said. I don't know that he's tipping his hand too much, though. Yeah, I, I didn't get that. Even too like, and I like how the junks like kind of eased him into. Oh yeah, but you know when he Masterful. got yeah yeah. So when they got to the the draft prospects, his pauses were much longer. You could tell he was thinking of what he was trying to say without saying too much. So I'm I'm not reading too much into it. I think he was just trying to parse his words carefully there. And I don't know about you, Donald, but I think it's interesting because I have heard that Drake May is not athletic. <laughs> that's what some people I've heard that too. That's actually. what some people lead me to believe that he's not athletic. And those people, I say, go and watch some tape. I'm not even saying be the guy that's like, you got to get the all twenty two. You got to watch it. No, just go watch his highlights. That dude is athletic. That dude is crazy athletic. So I like the words that he said. Athletic, game changer, DC. Is he hiding something with Caleb Williams? We're not doing that. All right. I, I'm not, that's not my style. I, I'm not going to parse every word. I'm not going to do all that. But what we are going to talk about is this because I thought it was very interesting. I don't know that he gives the farm away there, right? I, I don't decided you can see whatever you want in those answers. If you're a Drake May guy, you can see like Drake May. If you're Jaden, D- whatever. But what I thought was interesting was Grant and Danny. Earlier today, 
GP was out. Danny played the clip. And callers called in to talk about it. Give their one-word reaction to Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. And what I thought was so weird was people were some excited, some not about Caleb Williams. And I can understand that. He's kind of polarizing. It's back and forth. It seemed like most people were in on Jaden Daniels and thought, you know, uh, lots of uh, excitement, a Heisman Trophy winner, very exciting prospect. And then you get to Drake May. I don't remember exactly the word that was used, but a caller basically said something to the lines of misleading. Like, oh, he's big, but we're not. One caller went as far as to say, if we're just going off size, well, then why isn't Trent Williams playing quarterback? And I, I, I don't, where do we get to this? That Drake May sucks. I guess since Grant Paulson was out today, I got to preach the Drake May gospel here on the fan. I guess that's what I'm here to do. But I don't understand where we got to this place that Drake May is some jag, and if they draft him, they really screwed up. Where do we, where and when did we get to that? Drake May has so many tools and so much talent. Yeah, he's raw. Jaden Daniels was not that great before this year. Caleb Williams has downsides too. But we're going to go through this because if we look back at the quarterback classes, since 2020, and we went through, where would these guys rank in my rankings? And I'm not talking like, you know, Tua's in this. I'm not talking what we know Tua is now. I'm talking when Tua was coming out. I'm talking when Justin Herbert was coming out of Oregon. I'm talking when Zach Wilson's coming out of BYU. We know what Zach Wilson is now. No one wants to trade for him, even though he's available to seek a trade. No one wants to trade for this guy. Number two overall pick, no one wants him. We know what he is now. But when he's coming out of BYU, when we rank these guys... Where do the quarterbacks that are available in the first round this year rank for you among, we'll go back to 2020, so we have five drafts worth. Where do they rank? I believe there's 16 quarterbacks. If you want to throw in the guys that are maybe just a tier below, the Bo Nicks, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix, some of those guys could go in the first round, borderline first rounders. That's fine. I didn't. But it ends up being, if you just include the three this year, it ends up being 16 quarterbacks. All right, and I have a rankings for you. We're going to go through that next because I think if you look at it and compare some of these guys and look at them as prospects and say, well, he had this flaw, he had this, he had that. I think one thing we do a poor job of is we look at their flaws and we just think only about those. And it's not as if teams aren't going to do the same thing, but the question you have to ask yourself is this. Is that coachable or is it not? Yeah, he might stink at the checkdowns. Is that fixable? Well, then I'm not as worried about it because I think I can fix it. I'm going to look at the things that he can do. Now, if it's something where, yeah, he can't throw over the middle of the field accurately, he can't see over the line, he's got this, that's probably a fatal flaw. And that's something that can't be fixed, and that's something that has to be really taken into account. But so many times we look at it and say, he can't do this, he can't do this, he can't do this. Is it coachable or is it not? So what we're going to do, we're going to look through the last five drafts, we're going to rank the quarterbacks. Then we're going to take a look at Jaden Daniels and Drake May. Look at some of their strengths and weaknesses. And we'll look at the weaknesses in particular. And we'll see if they're coachable or not. Because I still think all three guys could be the right decision. But what say you guys? 800-636-1067. You can also tweet at me, at Toby underscore Altizer. More quarterback debate next here on The Fan. So apparently Drake May sucks, is what I've been told by plenty of the fan base. I don't think so. 
Let's say you, 800-636-1067. Toby Altizer with you till 10 o'clock. I want to go through since 2020. We'll look at all the quarterback prospects who have been taken in the first round, include the top three quarterbacks in this year's draft. We're going to rank them and see where these guys rank in my rankings. And we're talking when they're coming out as prospects. Because some of these guys, we liked as prospects. They didn't work out. Some of the guys, I didn't love as prospects. It turned out to be a lot better than I expected. So we'll go through them. But first, here's the candidates. Starting back in 2020, number one overall pick, Joe Burrow, went to the Bengals. Number five overall pick, Tua Tagovailoa, went to the Dolphins. Number six overall pick, Justin Herbert to the Chargers. Number 26 overall pick, Jordan Love to the Packers. Jordan Love's an interesting one in this discussion because how different is Jordan Love now from when he was drafted and how much of that is because the Packers were willing to take the patient approach that they've done for years, which no other organization has really tried. Not to that extent. Like Patrick Mahomes sat for a year. He didn't sit for three. (laughs) Like the Packers did something that only the Packers have done. Seemingly worked out for them. 2021, number one overall, Trevor Lawrence. Number two overall, Zach Wilson. Number three overall, Trey Lance. Number 11 overall, Justin Fields. Number 15 overall, Mac Jones. 2022, only one quarterback taken in the first round, Kenny Pickett, number 20 20 overall to the Steelers. And then last year's draft, number one overall, Bryce Young to the Panthers. C.J. Stroud, number two to the Texans. Number four overall, Anthony Richardson to the Colts. And then we're throwing in Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. So, 16 names there, seeing where some of these guys rank. So we'll give you the bottom couple. Uh, let, let's see what you if you agree with this, Donald. So we went through the names just real quick again. Joe Burrow, Tua, Justin Herbert, Jordan Love, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Fields, Mac Jones, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, and then the three this year, Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. See if you agree with this. In those rankings, as a prospect coming out, number 16 for me, the guy that was at the bottom of my list was Mac Jones if we're looking at just those quarterbacks. To me, it's Mac Jones. you agree with that? I think it's just in terms of coming out as a prospect. Yeah, I, I definitely do, yeah. I thought he could be good in a certain system, but it was very limited, right? And there was that weird speculation that the Niners traded up to get Mac Jones, which I thought would be kind of asinine, honestly. Like, I, I don't quite understand why you would trade up for Mac Jones. They obviously made the wrong pick with Trey Lance. That didn't work out. But... At the same point, I think I would take the chance with a guy that has a little bit more ability. Mac Jones, to me, just, he didn't have that extra gear that you need in the NFL nowadays. He would have been perfect about 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Like, he would have been perfect back then, not now. And then the Patriots have put him in a bad spot. And I think that's something that we can look through this list. You know, you're going to see some guys that I have ranked decently high in this rankings here that I liked that haven't worked out because they were put in a bad spot. Mac Jones, I think you can throw in there, even though he's at the bottom of my rankings here. They're put in a bad spot. So to those of you that like to tell me all the time that they shouldn't draft a quarterback number two overall and that they should build up the roster, that's a check to you guys. Because I agree that they need to put the quarterback in the best position possible. Now, I'm still taking quarterback at two. We've had this discussion numerous times. I don't think we need to rehash that. But... I think that they do need to address plenty of things for a quarterback that's going to come in here, whoever it is, whether it's one of these three guys, whether they trade out, whoever the quarterback is next year, they're going to have to change things. Because frankly, if they throw the guy, whoever they draft, back into the same situation that they threw Sam Howell into last year, it's not going to work. And we've already seen changes. And it's not even roster changes, it's coaching changes. So even if they were to throw Sam Howell back out there again, 
he's going to be in a different situation than he was last year because I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to run the ball more than people think. I think Cliff Kingsbury is going to run the ball way more than Eric Bieniemy did, and <laughs> it's really not saying much because Eric Bieniemy didn't run the ball at all. So I think that any situation of the quarterback that's drafted is going to be way different here. I, I think it's going to be much different because of free agency, because of the draft. So, again... It does matter with situation. If you look at Washington and think it's an unfixable situation this offseason, I'm going to disagree with you because I think you can fix some of the offensive line issues. I think they're going to have enough weapons. I think they're going to have a better play caller in terms of more balance there. I don't know. We'll see if I like the offense or not from Click Kingsbury. I'm still a little bit um, hesitant to jump on board with that. But either way, it's going to be a different situation. So for the sake of argument, I still think they're going to take quarterback at two. We'll get to the rest of the rankings, the top 15. Sorry, Mac Jones, you're the only one that gets called out. <laughs> so, but I don't think anyone's going to disagree. Like We've seen what Mac Jones turned into. But the top 15, looking back from 2020 all the way up until this year's draft, the first-round quarterbacks, how would I rank them as prospects coming out of college? We'll do all the top 15 next here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.